What's good? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Hogshaven Podcast, powered by SB Nation. You can find us at hogshaven.com, at hogshaven on Twitter and on Facebook. I am your host, Molly Maul. Jamal Forrest, you can find me on Twitter at Let Maul Tell It. Don't forget the you. On today's show, we had the good man, Anthony Armstrong, former Washington Redskin, current Washington Commanders analyst for the Believe Commanders on the Believe Podcast Network. Man, let me tell you something. It's always good catching up with Anthony Armstrong uh, and just seeing what he's up to, but uh, definitely... A good conversation upcoming. Uh, we talked about the Washington Commanders versus the the Carolina Panthers. I was about to say Commanders, I guess. I don't know why I started with Washington. <laughs> but um, definitely good speaking with him. We, we broke down some parts of the game, specifically on uh, the defensive line and Antonio Gibson. And also from a mental standpoint, from a player aspect, you know, some things that we aren't thinking about or we may not be thinking about in terms of, you know, how Ant- Antonio Gibson is trying to recover from, you know, the situations that he had. Uh, obviously, you know, Carson Wentz was a, t- a topic and a ticket item for him. And um, he's definitely interested in, in seeing what things can come out of uh, the next couple of preseason weeks. But more importantly, he's encouraged about, um, you know, some of the things that he's saying. And, and what can that mean about the outlook for the Washington commanders moving forward? So for him and for us, uh, it was a great conversation, and I'm looking forward to getting into it, so I won't even waste anybody else's time. But before we start, I just want you all to give a, a, a rating and review, whichever way you are listening, Apple, Spotify. I have not asked that since we started, but I did want to reach out and start asking for those now. I wanted to make sure that you know you all got to know me, we all got to know one, one another, um, but, you know, we're a few, few episodes in. If you are filling the show, man, go ahead and make sure that you let the people know that, you know, this is a good show. Whether it's just leaving a rating and a five star, you know, we'd appreciate or rating and a review um, and letting us know exactly how you feel about this show. Uh, it is truly appreciated. So with that being said, let's go ahead and transition to the interview. Up next, Anthony Armstrong of the Believe Commanders podcast. Joining us on the show right now is the good man, former Washington Redskins, Anthony Armstrong. Anthony is now formerly a member of the podcasting world, the media world. He talks all things Washington Commanders. For Believe Commanders on the Believe Podcast Network, how are you feeling today, Anthony, man? Welcome to the show. Man, I'm good. I'm good. I can say I'm, I'm happy to see your face on the other side of the screen. I, I didn't know who, who I was going to be chatting with um, whenever oh, they, they, they reached you. out. Now they just said, hey, Hogs Haven, you know, it, it wants to grab bring you on. I was like, all right, cool. You know, that's a that's a big, big brand. You know, I've heard their stuff, read their stuff a lot. And that pop over the script. I said, man, that's Jermaine Mall right there, man. So it's good. Familiar faces. That's even crazier because I, I when we when we talked I, I had no idea because the way they set it up it, it sounded like we were we were all on the same page like in terms of like getting the whole thing done so I guess it was just a whole special surprise it works yeah. out though because like I was telling before you man this this whole thing is like the opportunity on my side is new but also the the venture that you're going into because I know you said um, on your podcast that you wanted to do this for some time but you didn't want to deal with the production side and you got this opportunity for believe so. Um, listen, 
this is it how's it how's it working out for you man you're a few episodes in already you got your first interview done with, with our boy chris russell like what's what's going on with uh believe commanders how how's things working out for you everything's good over there on the believing commanders um working with a guy named brian murphy he's he's out of atlanta he's he's a big washington fan though so it's you know he, he gets to bring that same spirit he loves the burgundy and gold and uh just get to chop it up and he he's a he's in that uh i think he's a radio radio producer so he's in that media okay. space as well um and it's good you know hear hear fan side of it um and then kind of get to you know share my story my little insights here and there um shoot we had taylor heineke on one day oh yeah uh we had yeah we had taylor heineke it must have been an episode that i had to go and find it and tweet it out i'm gonna look i uh, look i'm subscribed bro. i'm not lying to you. I'm, about to go, I'm about to go look for it <laughs> i appreciate it yeah it was, a, yeah, it was i think it was the one before yeah, uh chris right russell uh so we we'll had to put that one back out but uh tomorrow i'm gonna have mike sellers on lake lewis so we're gonna you know chop it up and um we just we just starting to do some video with it and Man, it's 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 just it's a everything happens when it's supposed to, you know what I mean. I always say that you got to be prepared, but you gotta you gotta understand when that door opens, you know you got to be you ready to step through it, right? You're not gonna know everything, but yeah. the door is open for a reason, right? There's a lot of doors that people walk past, but they 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 weren't even ready to open it. So it, it's that's neither here nor there. That's not the, that's not the topic for today. Hey, it, it don't it don't even matter, man. I, look, I'm gen, I'm genuinely happy for you, Brad. So uh, I, I know this. Is, I mean, you're you you a professional, but at the same time, like one of your one of my opportunities that I had, you know, when I when we started the Twitch thing was with you reaching out to me. We did the we did the hour long show. Um, I don't even think we had a time limit. I don't think you set a time limit. You chopped it up, man, and uh, you know you gave me some good words afterwards. So I, I don't care what they think. You know, what I'm saying I'm gonna make sure that we talk about that part before we get started, man. So. Right appreciate um it. absolutely let's go ahead and get into it man the the before we get into the game the new look washington team um i'm gonna say washington team for you because obviously redskins is one thing washington football team is another and now we have the commanders how did that whole unveiling of these guys look that, that all white uh with the little burgundy and gold uh drift into it how did everything look for you you know i i, I, got, I had to go back and watch some highlights on on youtube i didn't get to watch the game live unfortunately um but it, it, they look good they look good I, I i wish they could add a little gold accent to something on the uh on the jerseys because the burgundy and black um it looked a lot better than expected i'm glad people yeah. had verified that it is the same burgundy and it's not a red uh, but it gives a little red it gives a little red uh vibe to me I did like it though. I do like it with the all white socks. Um, you know, we were just talking with, with with another guy. We were talking about potentially throwing in an all white helmet. How that would be something, but I don't know. It, they they worked out you. though. I would. I think. I think the black. I think the black helmet might be a nice, nice uh, fit. Uh, fit for that all white. Yeah, it's a nice little change up. I do agree with the the idea that they have multiple. Uh, change ups in terms of what they can do with the uniforms that they they unveiled. So um, that'll be interesting. And to your point, I was actually part of the crew who thought this was like a cherry red. I was like, this ain't no, this ain't no burgundy. Um, yeah. but also seeing uh the seeing it live on Saturday and seeing seeing better pictures, but also seeing them on the TV copy. Uh, man, it look. I ain't gonna lie to you. It look, it look cleaner than I than I'd imagine. It really did. Yeah, yeah. It it came out well. It came out well, and that. I, I know that that's definitely not a finished product. There's always going to be some tweaks made, and you know, even the field, the field with just commanders on on it. I, I think they they're going to put. I hope they put some burgundy paint in the back. You know what I mean? So save a couple yeah. dollars right now. 
Uh, but when it gets live, they'll have some fresh paint on the field, I hope. Yeah, we, we will see. We will see. Um, Commanders, man, I know you said you, you wasn't able to see it live, but let's start with some, some general observations just for you. Um, and whichever way you want to take this, um, what are some things that stood out to you uh, or what are some things that stood out to Who or what, to be more specific? What are some things that stood out to you on Saturday? Um, what are those observations for you? Sure. I'll start out just the offensive execution was something that I was looking forward to seeing. I wanted to see how how does Carson have the offense getting in and out of the huddle? How do they execute the plays? You can tell when guys don't know what's going on. People are looking around, raising their hands. Uh, they ended up it started a little bit slower, and I think that's why they ended up getting those three drives. Uh, but they needed that third one to 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 put the cherry on top to show that hey, we can put a, put a drive together. And Carson was impressive on the third drive. I think it was ten for thirteen. Uh, Brian Robinson punched it in uh, on a, on a little one yard run. So. That's what you I would ideally would have loved to see in the first quarter, uh, but it mm -hmm. took a little bit of time for that to show up. But I'm not mad. Like it wasn't there weren't anything there wasn't anything that just was like, oh my god, come on guys, like what? Why? Why are you doing that? You're better than that. So, offensive execution, it was okay. wasn't a lot of fireworks that went along with it, and that's fine. It's the first preseason game. You'll you'll scheme some more things up as you move along, some things to get big plays uh, to happen. But uh, being able to see Carson make good decisions, go through his reads, get down to checkdowns here and there. I mean, that's, those are winning plays in this league, right? We want to keep the ball and, and get the ball in somebody's hands, get a couple yards here and there. Um, the one, one part that was a little upsetting, didn't want to see Antonio Gibson put the ball on the ground. Um, that obviously is like just picking an old scab. You're just picking a wound. And I want to see him, you know, keep the ball all in his hands and not turn it over. Yeah. And then, but that opened the door for Brian Robinson to to probably get a little bit more carries and get some more action uh, than, than maybe initially expected. Uh, but he ran the ball well. Um, he's going to bring a lot to this offense. Um, and I think, I think personally, if you go with him being a lead dog and then have AG be this, you know, scat back, almost like what McKissick is, but but let AG do some more things to use his athleticism to get out on the edge where he doesn't have to go up against so many big ass players. Um, I think that you could see the fumbles not be much of an issue if he's going one on one with safeties and corners out in space rather than trying to go inside the tackles. Uh, so that's going to be some creativity that I'm looking to see from Scott Turner in the second preseason game. You know, you have a tape, you have a, a week's worth of tape on Kansas City, and you're going to be able to scheme up some plays based on what you see. So I would like to see some uh, in this upcoming game. I want to see some fireworks from the offense a little bit. Um, a little bit more creativity and, you know, finding ways to move AG around. That, that defensive side, you know, there was a lot Hold of bends so that so don't we break. Can, Go ahead, yeah. So we can talk about the uh, – now, I, I just wanted to make sure we – because you, you talked on some some really good topics in terms of Gibson and Wentz. So I guess we could stay here for a second and then transition to that defense. And when you talked about Antonio Gibson – um, I think one of the things that you, you talked about, like you, of course you don't want to see him fumble, especially in the first game of the, the, the very first, the very first preseason game, the second drive. Uh, and, um, I, I think for, for Gibson, and I want to get your thoughts on this uh, on the sideline after he fumbled, um, he, he looked, he looked dejected. Like he was beating himself up, like clearly beating himself up, talking to himself, shaking his head, um, you know, going through the motions of a, of a person who knows, or who's, who's very aware of the issues that he has. And for me and asking you, a person who's done this on a professional level, um, what do you make of a situation from a player who is who's clearly fighting 
uh, these battles and, and very cognizant of the fact that he has to protect the ball better. Um, first off, that's the first question. And then I have additional questions after that. But what do you make of a person from a mental standpoint? Uh, how hard is that to recover at times for certain players who, who are dealing with uh, re repetitive issues over and over again? No, man, it's it's extremely difficult. I mean, I, I always give the example, of, you know, if I run a slant route and I have a bad experience with that slant, maybe I dropped it, maybe I didn't just couldn't locate it well, uh, and then they call another slant. I mean, that's the last thing that's on your mind. Uh, and AG, a he's just going to have to find a way to, one, get past it and just focus on the next play. Uh, it, the, the frustrating thing about this league is that you don't really get that many next plays. You know, NBA, you get to shoot as many. They say shooters keep shooting. Well, you don't get to keep fumbling. I mean, I'm sorry, right? The only way that he's going to be able to fight out of this is to just find a way to put the ball in the end zone. Just start stacking good plays after good plays, and then you won't focus on the negatives, right? You know that every time he's carrying the ball, he's thinking about every bit of high and tight, five points of pressure, you know, keeping people off me. And it's probably taken his ability to have more vision inside of those holes when he's going between the tackles, and it's probably taken him back as a runner. So I, I really think that between him just trying to focus on stacking good plays and good techniques – and then, you know, a coach saying, hey, you know what, let's put you out on the edge a little bit. Now, hey, you can take some tackles one on one where you don't have to worry so much about uh, ball. So, yes, ball security is important, but you can think one on one, you know, you either get them down or you don't. There's not as many uh, additional hands around those two things working together to help lift him up. Uh, are going to help him get past it, because if, if he doesn't, it ends up being a thing that just that hangs with you every time you carry the ball. Anthony, my goodness, you you spoke on literally the next question I was going to ask you. Um, it's it's crazy because you you and you brought up an angle that I didn't think of when I when I asked this question. Like when you're so focused on or hyper focused on, you know, not making that mistake again, sometimes you may miss those inside lanes uh, and the running lanes and things like that. And uh, one of the things that he did in his first carry out, he had an outside he had an outside handoff and he took it towards the boundary and ran over a defender, but. The very same play, he missed a cutback lane that could have took him to the house. Like the first thing he did was bounce it outside, as opposed to looking for that that cutback lane, looking for that that space that his lineman interior interior lineman created. So when we talk about that fumble side, that was one instance. But then on top of that, he he compounded one mistake with a potential opportunity that he missed. And um, to your point, and I just wanted to give you credit on this one. You spoke on it. May that may have been the case that he was too focused on protecting the football and he wanted to just make it to the boundary or the outside as quick as possible. But he missed an excellent opportunity in his first playback, his first carry back to try and even take it to the house. But but I mean, when you think about it though, like the 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 worst thing that he could have done was cut back in there and then got hit by a linebacker he didn't see coming and fumble it again. You know what I mean? So. It it could have been it could have been a thing, you know, and I don't want that. I don't want that to be a thing that bothers you. Uh, it's it's like you run a ball, you run a deep route, and you're like, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it. Or you're playing golf, and you're like, don't go to the right, don't go to the right, and you gonna go to the right because because it's like the law of averages, like it's going to happen. It's, uh, what is it, Murphy's law? I should say, yeah. you know, you 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 manifest some of those things that come about, um, and you've got to get out of your own head and stack good plays after good play. So uh, one more thing uh, in particular is Carson Wentz. Uh, so much for all of the inaccuracy conversations that they had in training camp and uh, the, the the narratives, I guess, from, I'll just say social media um, that, that has been driven based on um, what people have said that they've seen in camp. 
Um, I think that Carson Wentz, and you alluded to it very early on in our conversation, that Carson Wentz, uh, he found his checkdowns. And I think one of the things that uh, helps Carson Wentz, to your point and to the narrative that's out there, um, is that when when people talk about he doesn't find the checkdown or he misses the easy plays, I think the way he looked, he made it very easy or that he was very aware, once again, of a player who's like, all right, this is preseason. At the very least, I'm going to emphasize the fact that I'm going to look for these tight ends. I think he actually had five or six completions to both Armani Rogers and Curtis Hodges, those tight ends. And um, it was actually something encouraging to see because if you can emphasize that in preseason, Anthony, I think that going on, you know that from a, a mental standpoint and from a schematic standpoint, I can trust Carson to take what's there and we can really dial up these shot plays when the opportunity presents it to us. Um, and I, I trust him to get the job done, at least taking the safe routes so we can continue to move the sticks. 100%. And you don't want that to be his default um, where it's like one and then check it down right away. You don't want that to be the default. Uh, I think that Carson did a good job navigating the pocket. Uh, I think the one I can't think of, it was early on in the, in the drive. He stepped up and he checked and then at the last second, he, he dropped it off to his tight end to the right. Like he's he's willing to stay in there. He's big enough, strong enough to do that. And that's going to give uh, the receiver some time to get open. He's got the arm to put the ball downfield. Now I think those shot plays and, and and different different results, bigger bigger plays are going to happen as as the season rolls along. You know, defenses are running, especially in this first preseason game. It's vanilla, right? Hey, you're running cover three, and those DBs are thinking the one thing I'm not going to do is get beat over the top, right? So they're going to play extra conservative, and they're going to make things happen up in front. I mean, as you saw the game go along, uh, Taylor started to hit more of his secondary level guys. And then Sam Howell was like, I'm going to throw this thing down the field. So, you know, Carson's going to come in there and as he learns the offense and gets more, gets more comfortable, he'll end up taking some more shots downfield. And once you start getting to scheme things up against defenses, after you have a few weeks of tape, you'll see some more shots downfield. Uh, the, 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 the offense's performance this week did not scare me off. It, it's very, it, it made me feel better based on what you heard about in training camp. But I don't take too much. I don't lean too much on what you hear about in training camp, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. Defense, uh, you were getting into your observations. What were some of the things that stood out to you on that side of the ball um, and, and some who, whether it's players or unit um, front, second or third level unit? What, what are some things that stood out to you? Just overall, just got to get off the field. You know, that's that's the one thing. I mean, they're able to, to keep teams to, to short gains. But they didn't stop guys on third down. Uh, they did make some big stops as they got close to the goal line. That's good to see that they're able to hunker down there. Uh, but I would love to see a couple of three and outs. I mean, they're going to have a hell of a test coming up on Saturday against Kansas City. It, it, yeah, it's preseason, but that's Patrick Mahomes, man. Like that's a good player. Um, and bending but not breaking is big. You know, at least if you're holding them to three points, you're going to give the offense a chance. Um, but I, I want to see them get off the field a little bit more. Um, that linebacker position is going to continue to be a question mark until you see some sort of improvement or stability there. Um, and then the secondary, you know, I think you're just still trying to figure out the, the right mix. You know, you want to see those outside uh, corners, Jackson, Fuller, those guys handle up. Fuller's been doing this thing in training camp. You know, you want to see that stuff transition to the game. I did like what I saw from the defensive line. They were very active. Um, obviously, you know, coming off of switching switching position coaches, essentially, um, that's that's something where they want to make sure they show it out and, and, and show that they were going to be able to step up and, and perform. Uh, so I liked what I saw from that defensive line. 
now that is interesting and part of part of part of something I want to talk to you about whether it's college or NFL have you ever been a part of that like whether it's even your unit or just uh, a unit on your team where somebody was fired or replaced um this close to the start of the season you know, um, I have to go way back to my days in Odessa, Texas. Uh, so if y'all seen Friday Night Lights, yes, that's the town. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you've probably never been there. But nope. when I was playing with the Odessa Roughnecks, uh, we were, I don't know, we were at least maybe close to halfway, a little over halfway through our season. And they fired our head coach. They fired the head coach. And um, they ended up bringing in a head coach from the, from, uh, the previous season. Um, and that was kind of weird uh, because we were like, uh, so what do we do? And he essentially installed a, a new offense. Um, it was pretty simplistic. We ended up winning the championship that year. But, I mean, so maybe that's good vibes for, for Washington. But it was just very weird to go through as a player. Uh, but, you know, what you're, you're, the deal is you're focusing on your job, right? You, these guys get paid to play football. They get paid to show up and, and get to the quarterback. And they're going to do that irregardless of who's who's the position coach. Um, now, the one thing I did think about is if your main position coach, if they tell you to do something a certain way, you probably have to do it that way. Um, when you have that assistant coach, he may have some some tips and tricks that are a little bit more effective than what you were learning before. And I don't, I don't know, you know, what Coach Mills was teaching, but you know, you could say, well, man, the way that, you know, uh, Zagina is uh, is teaching it, I get that, that like we we can get behind that. And and maybe it's something like that. Maybe it was something along the lines of 17 years of playing a game. People kind of connected that a little bit more. Um, but they obviously showed out and they showed that it wasn't going to affect them negatively. They, they weren't going to let that happen. Yeah. Um, and a guy that really stood out to me was Daniel Wise. Um, a guy where we understood that we understood, we knew his name um, from a from a fan standpoint and media standpoint. And last year we knew because of Tim Settle, Matt Ioannidis, that Deron Payne had a couple people behind him that was, um, you know, serviceable backups and serviceable death pieces. Uh, Daniel Wise has been around, but, you know, you didn't really see him at all, really, or that much with the, the starting units last year. But you get that opportunity in the first preseason game and uh, the pressure that he provided on a couple of occasions. Um, and then one sack where he beats two offensive linemen to to, to sack um, P.J. Walker was pretty impressive. And uh, you spoke on the pass rush overall, but Daniel Wise, uh, if you have any thoughts on him, just uh, soft or, or early observations of what he could be for this defensive line. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on Daniel Wise? Well, uh, number one, I, full disclaimer, I, I know Daniel Wise from when I was with the Desperados. His uh, his okay. dad was a coach on the staff, him and his uh, his other brother, his brother, Dietrich, um, from the Patriots. Oh, no, Dietrich? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, were, they were on, uh, they were, they used to be running around the locker brothers. room. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're not that many wise cats in the NFL. So yeah, they're brothers, <laughs> Daniel and Dietrich. Uh, his dad, their dad was head, was a head coach, uh, uh, a line coach, uh, okay. and they're good. They're good kids. They're good kids. But uh, I love to see that he's taking advantage of the opportunity. Right, taking advantage of the opportunity. You got Chase Young is out. You got Montez Sweat on one side, and I think the biggest, one of the biggest question marks outside of linebacker is who's going to be the other defensive end. Um, and you got to think about it like this, whoever is over there for the, until Chase Young comes back, you're going to get a lot of one-on-one cover, uh, coverage, one-on-one blocking. You're, you're going to be having to deal with tight ends. 
everybody's going to focus a lot more on Montez Sweat. And if you can make some plays happen, you can you can get some, get get a lot of uh, you make some plays happen. You're going to be very effective for the team. And, and find a space for yourself, right? You can you can eat off of this. This could be the opportunity that you're looking for. So I'm excited for him, man. I'm excited to see what he does this next week too. Absolutely. Now I will say one thing, um, and then we can transition to the outlook for this team. But um, in terms of uh, Wise, I think that this is a space where um, now I, I'm speaking for myself. Uh, maybe you have an opinion, but I, I am in a space where I think that Duran especially Deron Payne's uh, pass rush ability. If he's looking for, you know, that extension with Washington, uh, I understand that there's going to be some pressure on him and in whatever aspect that the coaches want to relate that to him and, and what they want to see out of him. But I think that the, my guess would be something in terms of his development and pass rushing um, and having that capability of creating uh, better opportunities for himself in one-on-one situations. And for him, um, compared to Wise, now I've only seen one game, and that's why I'm int- I agree with you in terms of wanting to see more out of Wise, Daniel Wise. But um, if he's one that can ultimately take over in pass rush situations, as opposed to uh, Duran and John, if it ends up being John and and Daniel, uh, I think that for the overall purposes of the team and interior pressure, that is something that can be really good for this team. Uh, if you can have uh, four really good rotational defensive tackles that can help at least the, the edge rushers out in Montez and maybe James Smith Williams until Chase comes back. Yeah. You get, there's going to be opportunity out there. And I mean, you know, you speak about Duran getting, getting an extension. I mean, I, I don't really see it happening. You don't you see know? it. Ooh, I just, cause okay. I mean, it, just because there's a lot of people that are up to get paid, you know what I mean? Cause you just paid John Allen. Montez is it, up for a deal. Uh-huh. You know, Chase is not too far away from a deal. Um, if you look and flip on the offensive side, let's assume that Carson plays well enough to earn another contract, right? You know, so that that's something that's going to be up there. Um, yeah, so the lucky you just paid Terry, so you don't have to worry about that check. But there's still a few positions that I think where you would want to make sure you allocate some dollars to uh, rather than going back inside, especially when you just got you know, for Darian, you know, and if you have somebody that's young, that's up and coming, then you, you maybe you really don't need to, to, to try to drop a bag on De- Duran. I think he's a hell of a player, but I, I think it makes you, it makes your decision as a, as a front office a little bit easier. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's actually a valid point, actually a, a counter to the point that I was actually making in, in that if I, if wise actually shows something in terms of his productivity, especially in the interior, then maybe they do feel comfortable just completely, you know, cutting ties with, with Duran. So, Actually, I'm probably on your side now. <laughs> maybe they don't. Maybe maybe they don't need to keep Duran around. Um, but yeah. I do agree he's going to be uh, very important for at least this season. Um, and we'll figure things out from there. Um, overall, man. Um, I haven't talked to you in some time, so we got to get your outlook on Washington. Uh, I don't think it's going to be our, our first and last time on the the SB Nation side of things. But talking about before the season starts, what is your outlook for Washington in 2022? What are some things you're concerned of? What are some things you're confident in? But also, uh, how far can this team go? Is this a division-winning NFC East title team or wild card? I'll, I'll leave the floor over to take it wherever you want to take it. Already. Okay, well, I, I'll start out with the good stuff. 
I, I well, let me know. I'm gonna start out from way back whenever they made the first trade. I, I didn't know what what was gonna happen with Carson Wentz coming in. Um, I, I think over the summer and through training camp, and then after this first preseason game, I think he feel I feel pretty confident about that position. I think that he's gonna be pretty steady, and there should be nothing but improvement. All right, I think he made good decisions with the football, and as the offense grows together, he should perform better um, with with the running back situation that's going to work its way out you know it's going to settle itself out I don't think Ron's going to have anybody out there that's going to hurt the team um, so don't worry about the running back position uh, defense is something that you know is still going to be a big question mark uh, simply because the linebacker position is super super thin and there's a few moving pieces in that secondary but I think there's a lot of talent to it. I think there's a lot of ability, especially that D-line we just spoke about. You have some depth that helps take some pressure off of relying on Chase to come back. Um, so that's a good thing. I'm thinking this team should be looking for like 10 wins, potentially getting – they should win this division if they're at their best, if they're at their best. And it's simply because, one, you got to think Dallas doesn't doesn't have their best uh, roster up first, right? They got Dak, they've got CD, but on the other side, you know, James Washington hurt his foot and Michael Gallup's going to be out for an extended period of time. Uh, they're not at full power. I think that you can find a way to beat those two guys. Philly is the team that you really got to worry about. You got to see what that uh, hurts to A.J. Brown connection is going to look like. Um, and their defense, they made a lot of moves that should add a lot of firepower over, over there. But I think the way the schedule's set up, Washington get through October. October is going to be a little scary just because you're dealing with, you know, the Green Bays and uh, I think what you got another Kansas City match in there. So there's there's a couple of nasty matchups in October, but I could say 10 wins, try to win this division, slide on in the playoffs. That's probably the best case scenario for this team. Best case. All right. All right. So, Anthony, I do appreciate you coming through and talking some Washington Commanders with the Hogs Haven podcast. I want to give you the floor one more time too to anything and everything that you got going on that you want the people to be aware of. Uh, let the people know uh, what Anthony Armstrong is up to. Awesome, man. Appreciate him all. Thanks for having me on. Uh, check me out on the Believe in Commanders podcast. Uh, it's going to be all out on weekly. Uh, out weekly. You can catch it on basically any of your streaming platforms. We got some video coming up soon. Um, during the season, you can probably expect it twice a week. Okay, something breaking down the game. Um, and then, you know, something previewing the game coming up later on in that week. Um, and, man, I, I got the little NFL Plus thing, so I'm going to be looking at some coaches yeah. tape. So, you know, I might break a few things down there, here and there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Come check it out over there. Mr. Armstrong 13 on Twitter. Um, from there, you can find all my other social medias. But if you're in Dallas, you need to get a house. Come holler at your boy. Absolutely. Oh, you know what's crazy? Are you going to the Dallas uh, Commanders game um, in, in Dallas? You know, I haven't been, I, the last game I went to between the two teams was a, I think it was a Thanksgiving matchup. Um, okay. But then they used to have the uh, the rallies before the game, like the day, the night before the game, I would go to that. I generally like watching the game on the TV at the house. I do man. not blame you. I do it's, not blame it, you at all. It gets a little, it gets a little wild in there. Sometimes you got people yelling stuff that doesn't even make sense. You're like, that's not what's happening on the field. Like, that's not even right. Like, that's no, you know. And if I'm at, if I'm at the house, I can control my view. I can control the temperature, uh, and then I, I don't got to pay all that money for a beer. So, well, I'll probably be at the house for myself because I'm, I'm going out there and I'm about to make sure that I have 
a cup full of Henny, uh, maybe a little Sprite, or maybe I said maybe a little Sprite, maybe a little Coke. I don't know just yet, but Coca Cola. That didn't yeah, sound yeah, right. yeah. I know, I know, I know where you're going. I know where Henny you're and going. Coke. There we go. Henny and Coke, <laughs> but more more so ninety percent Henny. Man, I'm gonna have myself a good old time. Uh, sure. I may I may talk I may talk a little trash, but you know either way, um, it's gonna be good to be back out in Dallas and at least see the see the boys live because um, I haven't been to a Commanders game or Washington game in some time, probably like since 2017. So it's gonna be fun. Oh yeah, that's a that's been a minute. I think that might have been the last time I went. There was a I remember Alfred was there. Was Alfred on the team? Alfred and Robert. He, he left. Um, D Jack was, was there. Yeah, for sure. That was 2016. If, if you're talking about uh, Thanksgiving, then they played 2016. That was a Jordan Reed Jordan Reed day. That man had like 10 catches, two touchdowns. When it might have been the day. That might have been the that game. That was a great game to see. Okay. All right. Well, look, that was Anthony Armstrong right here on the Hogshaven Podcast. We'll catch you next time.